Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. It's taken me longer to walk out of there in heels than I thought it would, especially when everyone's looking at me. How are you? Good? It's really good to be back. I'm really glad to be here. Had a nice Christmas, had a good start to the new year. Right, actually, right at the start. Um, I promise I'm not going to ply you with like empty New Year positivity today. Is anybody happy about that? Okay, that's good. We're in good company. I do have a question though. Who is like all about New Year? Give me a show of hands. Who loves it? Come on. Not that many. Okay, quite a few. Who's just like, meh, like it depends on the choices you make. Yeah, pretty much everyone else. Okay, that's good. That's how I feel. Um, however, it is always good to have an opportunity to have a, to have a fresh start, right? Or to see things in a new way or to start afresh. Um, and I feel like so many of my conversations in the past seven days have been around how we can exercise more restraint or how we can build some new resolve, right? So let me give you an example. More restraint around food, especially after Christmas. More resolve around being active. Anyone? I've already had conversations with about three of you this morning about that, and I didn't start the conversation. So I know this to be true. This has been my last seven days. More restraint around finance, probably. <laughs> More resolve around sticking to a budget. More resolve around trying to save or get an extra income or whatever it is or wherever you sit on that spectrum. Um, and I just wanted to take this opportunity since I'm stood here on the 8th of January at our first gathering at Way, which if this is your first gathering, also welcome. It's really good to be with you. And if it's your millionth gathering, also the same welcome. I don't know if that's possible, but there are some of you here who've been around a long time. But I'm going to take this opportunity just to say, no matter where you sit on the spectrum of finding New Year helpful, finding it kind of just another time of year or just another season or just starting back at work, I want to encourage you that um, the time is now. And it's funny because you could say that, I believe you could say that on any day, like the time is now. I don't know if anybody said to you, like, this is your year. I don't know what people mean when they say that. But do you know what? In Jesus, the time is now. The time is now. We always want to wait to start things. Uh, we always want to wait for a better moment in life, perhaps where we are less busy, less tired, uh, with more money, <laughs> more sleep, more security. Can I tell you, in Jesus, the time is now. And right at the start of the year, whether you kind of are into like the positivity of the new year, I'm not really. The, the truth is, the best is yet to come in Jesus. I absolutely believe that the best is yet to come. And that doesn't mean everything will be okay. It doesn't mean everything will be smooth. But it does mean when we have the presence of Jesus living and active in and through our lives, the best is yet to come. Um, we, I guess we hope, we have hope for the year, right? We have a hope that something will happen, that something will come to pass. This year I'm going to do this. Yes, this year I hope I'm going to achieve this. We hope that circumstances will lean towards our favor, uh, whether that's a relationship, finding love for the first time. I was going to say, give me a show of hands. Let's not do that because all the weirdos will come and find you after. You know, that's true. Oops. Someone asked me before if they were going to get Ratchet Rach. I said no. I'd just turn Ratchet then. Sorry, guys. Might keep going that way. Whether you have hopes for um, 
some work that you're doing or some study that you're doing or for children or a family or a home, so many, many different things, we hope the circumstances will lean into our favor. And too often we want to lean and believe on the security of our own plans. Now, if anything life has taught me, it is that my plans are not very secure. Now, they might work out, and I also have hopes for some things this year. I hope my plans will work out, right? But I cannot trust and lean on the security of my own plans this year. Because anything that is external to me or external to you cannot be controlled by you, or it can be control controlled by you to a very small extent. What we can rely on, what our highest expectation can be, is that if we choose to follow Jesus, either if we're at the beginning of that journey, we've not started that journey, or we're years and years into that journey, that if we choose to follow him, no matter the circumstance, um, no matter whether our plans are unfolding or coming to pass or not, that we can, tr we can trust and we can have absolute assurance that as we walk with him, that we will be transformed and changed from the inside out. And I promise you, that is the greatest hope we can have for this year, out of everything, that we would walk with Jesus, that we would know him, and no matter what happens, no matter what the circumstance, good, bad, indifferent, that we would be transformed from the inside out. Because it's so much more vital that we focus on our inner world and our internal world, our soul, our mind, the health, health of our inner world, even than it is our external world. Because when we focus on that health and following Jesus, that starts to pour out. That starts to pour out. And no matter what happens, even if it's difficult, even if this year becomes maybe the worst year of your life, that intimacy with your creator, with my creator, is actually what your your hope for the year, your soul needs more than anything else this year. More than anything else. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I want to read to you from the New Testament. And this is the Apostle Paul who wrote this. It says, whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, I want to pause there because we think of a veil as a fine kind of tulle type fabric that a bride wears, maybe over her face on her wedding day. In the Old Testament, the veil was a thick, thick curtain, right? They reckon it was about nine inches thick, and it separated in the temple, the normal area of the temple, from the area that was called the Holy of Holies, where only the priests could go. It was a thick, thick curtain. And it's saying that veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. All of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed to his glorious image. Aside of everything we will push for this year, aside of everything we will hope for, this is my question. How willing are you to be filled with the right things so that you can pour it back out again? How willing are you to be filled with the right things so that you can pour it back out again? end of last year, I read this, and I'm going to share it with you today. It's a story from Acts chapter 3, and this is where my question comes from today. And so, a bit of context, Peter and John, who were two of Jesus's closest disciples, Jesus has died, he's been resurrected, he's gone back to heaven, he's gone back to be with the Father. He's left his disciples and his followers with a mission to carry on his work. 
And he said, the Holy Spirit's going to be with you. And we're going to read about Peter, this same Peter who, at Jesus' most vulnerable moment, denied him. And this is now Peter. And it says this, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. It will be on the screen. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man who was lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. As he did this, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astonished. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Right at the start of this year, will you pour out what you have? Will you pour out what you have? Peter and John... In the moment where they met the lame man who hadn't walked from birth, Scripture tells us, they didn't have any money, right? They were skint. And they weren't just saying it. That's just not what they had. But Peter took the opportunity to say, what I do have, I will give to you. This wasn't a New Year's resolution for Peter, I don't think. I don't think this was just a blip or even just a moment. These disciples had postured themselves to be filled with the right stuff and pour back out every single day. And it just so happened that this one day, when they're walking to three o'clock prayer at the temple, there is a lame man who has something that they need. Now, the lame man doesn't know, doesn't know that actually what he needs is more than money. He does need money, right? But it's more than money. And Peter took what he had and poured it out. Will you pour out what you have this year? That's the question. Firstly, the thing is this. You already have something to pour out. That's good news, right? You already have something to pour out. I know timing is important, and I alluded to this at the beginning of the message. I know there's a time for everything. I know um, seasons exist for a reason. Timing's important. But we wait, and I think we withhold and restrain so much what what God wants us to pour out. So he fills us with things, we walk with him, he's given us things, he's put things in our hand, whether that's resource or gift or finance or words or an ability to help or an ability to serve, whatever it is and whatever you have, your whole life story up to this point, you have something to pour out of. And so often what we want to do is just restrain that, hold it for a moment, hold it for the time when we are helping somebody with a counselling session or Hold it for a time when we just get that momentary conversation with our friend. Hold it for the moment when we're less tired, less stressed, less kind of stuck in our head. But the truth is we all have something to pour out. 
And if you are in here and you are a person of faith, you would say, you believe in Jesus, you follow him, you're being changed by him, and you're trying to do the things that he does, you have something to pour out. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this, we are Christ's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Do you know what that's saying? You don't have to wait for some moment, some time. There are works that have been prepared in advance for you to do that God has ordained, he has put in place, and he is waiting for your yes. He's waiting for you to go, I'm going to pour myself out today. I'm not waiting for this special moment. Yeah, there's timings and there might be seasons in that, but I'm not going to wait for three years, four years, ten years, till my retirement I'm going to say, God, today, I'm going to pour out whatever you've put into me. Peter and John have positioned themselves to pour out. And in that moment, they, another version says this, silver and gold I have not, but what I have, I give to you. Now, you might have silver and gold, and there might be people who need that. Perhaps that's part of what you've got to pour out. You might be like Peter and John and say, you know, silver and gold, I don't have. Or what you're asking me for now, I don't have. But what I have, I'm going to pour out to you. And I'm going to be willing to do it. It's not going to have a blocker on it. I'm not going to stop the flow the minute I'm having a bad day. Or the minute my emotions feel overwhelming and I want to be led by them or led by my logic. No, I'm going to be led by the Spirit. And I'm going to be somebody who is poured out. Not just filled up, but poured out. Now, you can't pour from an empty cup. We all know this, right? So how are we going to fill ourselves with the right things so that we can be emptied again? Prayer, inspiration, developing our gifts and our passions, being good stewards of what God's given us so that we can pour out and we've got something to give. We've got something to pour out of. Spending time with people who push you in the right way, who, who aren't just comfortable to sit with, and I'm so passionate about this, not just those who are comfortable to sit with and those who you feel loyal to, but those who can see the person that God is creating and shaping you to be and they push you in that direction. Do yourself a favor right at the start of this year. Identify those people. Sometimes they will come to you, sometimes they won't. Sometimes you've got to take a step forward. But if you want to pour out, you want to be pouring out stuff that's good. Stuff that lasts, stuff that doesn't rot, stuff that doesn't stink. We all do that as well, don't get me wrong. But we want to be doing more of the good stuff, right? And you know, when we pour out that even that which we have now and that God's given us now, wherever we are and whether you feel that's a little or a lot or you're just not even sure what that looks like, here's what I really believe. When that is submitted to Christ, when we've said, God, whatever you've put in my hand, Whatever you put in my cup, I'm being willing to pour it out. When we submit that to Christ and say, but I want your will to be done in this, I believe that is when it is at its sweet spot. That's when, when we choose to pour out, not just as an annual event or a resolution, but as a daily practice, a daily habit, going to bed at night. This is, this is a good tip if you want to do this. Get in bed at night and ask yourself, God, have I emptied myself of the good stuff you've put in me today? 
Have I emptied myself of it? If not, that's okay, but I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to make sure. In my conversations, in my meetings at work, when I'm with the kids, when I'm dropping them off, when I'm chatting with my teenagers, when I'm at football, wherever I am, when I'm at the pub, whatever you're doing day to day and week to week, God, have, have I emptied myself of the good things you've poured into me? Because, you know, when we stick close to God as well, he fills us up again with the good stuff. He fills us up and we go and be emptied again. Second thing, um, and I'm going to close very shortly, but the second thing in this story in Acts 3, all of humanity has the same deepest need. The whole of humanity has the same deepest, most fundamental need. And it is the need to know our creator, to worship him, and to make him known. That... That is the truth. <laughs> there is no more fundamental need of you as a human, as me as a human. If you're in here and you're human, if you're a dog, whatever, that's fine. I don't know if there's any dogs in here today. If you're a human and you are living and you are breathing today, your most fundamental, deepest need is to know your creator, to worship him. In other words, to put him first in everything, to submit everything to him, and to let other people know about him too. That is our fundamental need. And what is interesting is, just like in Acts 3, most of us aren't walking to a three o'clock prayer service in the week and helping lame people to walk. I mean, if you are, that's amazing. Please tell me about it, because we'll share it from stage. Most people are not doing that. But what we are doing is with people all the time who have this deepest need, most fundamental need, and of over everything else that we need to help people with and ways we can serve and support and meet felt needs, there is a deepest need, just like the man in Acts had, that he didn't realize was more important even than silver and gold. It was the need not only to be healed, but to know the healer. Not only to have his healing so that he could work, so that he could have family because he would have been ostracized. That's why he was carried to the gate and left there every day. He couldn't work. He had no money. And it was a, a vicious cycle. But, you know, I reckon that moment when he met God, it doesn't just say he was healed and he walked away. It says he stayed and he praised him. Do you know what I love? This account says that he clung to Peter and John. It's almost like he was like, guys, you've just poured yourself out. You've just given me a gift that is better than what I asked for. And you know, there are people in your world, in my world, in our lives, in our families, in our circles, who um, we're not the gift to them as such. <laughs> I mean, you might think you are some days. We're not the gift to them as such, but we have a gift that if we are willing to pour out, it meets needs that are deeper than a lack of finance, a lack of purpose, a grief, loss, whatever kind of needs people feel and people genuinely have at this time, the God that we know, the, the creator that we love and serve, if you're a person of faith in Jesus, knowing him and pouring out whatever he's put into you in the shape that you do it, in the way that you do it, I would say at the, right at the start of this year is, is the key and fundamental question. Will you pour out what you have? Will you pour out what you have? And there's a temptation to think that this is a one-time thing. We kind of agree one time. God, just like, use me. I'll pour out everything I have. 
I found this is a, it's hard, but it's a daily resolve. It's kind of getting up each day and saying, God, you know what? I feel this way. I feel that way. I feel good, bad, indifferent. But I'm choosing today. I'm going to pour myself out. Well, I don't want to be on that phone call. (laughs) I don't want to be on that phone call. I don't really want to speak to that person today. I don't really want to deal with that problem today. But you know what? I've got to do it. So I'm going to choose. I'm going to reposition myself again. I'm going to pour myself out. I'm going to pour myself out. And I'm not just relying on my skill or my wisdom or my experience. But Holy Spirit, I'm relying that as I pour myself out, you will also refresh me and fill me back up so that I can be emptied again and pour out that seed, that gift, the resource, the friendship, the words, the the discipline, the correction, the wisdom, whatever it is that is within your cup, that you're willing to just say, God, I'm going to pour it out again today with your help. Every single time we gather as a church, we will always, always have an opportunity. Um, If you're in here and you're not a person of faith, to know this Jesus that I speak about. And we don't assume that everyone in here um, is a follower of Jesus. And we always want to give that opportunity. But before I do that today, um, I wonder if you're able to, if you'd stand. Um, I just want kind of a moment where, again, whether you like the start of the year or you don't, I think it's so important sometimes that when we make a decision or we resolve something, we have a resolve to do something, that we accompany accompany it with a practical action. So sometimes that is telling somebody about something, a decision you've made. So like I quite often regrettably tell my husband about something I'm going to do. And the problem is he's a proper, what's the word, like he's an agitator. So you'll make sure I do it, right? So don't ever tell some, if you don't intend on doing something, don't tell someone who's going to get on your back about it. Like I have friends as well who will ring me and be like, have you done that thing? I'm like, why did I ever tell you this? We need those people, right? But it's always good when we make a decision or we kind of have a resolve that we just make a physical step. It solidifies something in us. It it kind of helps others to help us and help us to go in the right direction. And here's my question, and I'm going to just put my hand up in a minute. It's simply the one I've been asking. Are you willing this year to pour out what is in you? Not once, not twice, not on a good day, not only when you're desperate or when things are going well or when things, your plans are being accomplished in the way that you hoped they would be in 2023. But irrespective of the day, the season, the time, the job or not the job, the kids behaving or the kids not behaving, the husband or not the husband, the wife or not the wife, whatever you hope for, here's my question. Will you pour out what God has put into you? Not selectively, not just in a moment or in a slot in your week, but every day will that be your resolve. And if that's you, we're not going to close our eyes. I'm just going to say, will you just pop, pop your hand up? And you don't have to pop your hand up. I've asked you to stand anyway. This... This doesn't have to be an earth-shattering moment for you to know that God's in it. Some of the most significant decisions I've made have, been, have felt like a nothing at the time. But what is so interesting, just, just even looking at so many hands that are, are raised now, 
if we are willing to be poured out, we, we represent here, it, just in this room now, so many families, so many nations, so many languages, so many workplaces, so many schools, so many places of education, so many neighborhoods. I am convinced that with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're not going to get it right all the time, but even if we can just position ourselves this year and say, God, this year, will you just help me to pour myself out? I'm still going to have boundaries. <laughs> I'm still going to fill myself up because that's the key. You can't pour from an empty cup. But as we resolve that, can I just say the work, the work that will be done in the kingdom is completely unprecedented. The way that God will use you in the small, not always in the big, but in the small, will far outlive your time on earth. It will sow seeds, not just now, but to future generations. I believe that wholeheartedly. It's about way more than this room, this gathering, this church. This is about a work that God is doing in his kingdom. Ephesians 2.10, a work that he prepared in advance for you to do. Not just me, not just somebody who stands on a stage, you, for us to do. And I'm, I'm wondering if you're willing to engage with that work, if you're willing to pour yourself out, I reckon God is going to do something amazing with that. We might see it this year. We might see it next year. We might never see it in our lifetime. But here's what I believe. The promises of God are faithful. God is a man of his word. And he sticks with what he said. I've known it to be true in my own life. Many people in this room have known that to be the truth. Will you pour yourself out this year? Father, I thank you for this community. I thank you for, God, whatever is happening right now, whatever circumstances we fear, whatever we celebrate in, whatever mountaintop we stand in or valley we kind of lie down in at the minute, I pray, Lord, that above all of that, sovereign above all of that, Father, would be your presence would be our resolve to stick closely to you because, God, you're not going anywhere. You're not running away from us. Your word says that as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. It's something we can rely on. It's true. It's set. It's not going to change with a trend or a shift in the economy. It is set. And, God, I pray for courage. Holy Spirit, will you fill us again? As we're sent out and we pour out just in the small, in our normal day-to-day -day lives, God, would you fill us up again? God, would you give us boldness and courage, not by our skill, our wisdom, or our experience, God, but by a work of your Holy Spirit, transforming us from the inside out. Father, I know when we ask, um, and we ask according to your will, it will be done. So, Father, we also say thank you in advance of the stories, God, that will come not just from this room, God, but from um, rooms and, and schools and workplaces and, and airports, God, across the world in months and years to come from a decision of us just being obedient to you, just to say, I don't have what you're asking me for, but here's what I do have, and I'm going to pour it out. We thank you, God, for your goodness to us. Amen. Hey, we...
we're going to worship together in just a moment. But it's so important that if you're in here, you're not a person of faith in Jesus and you want to make that decision. As I said, we love to accompany that with something that is a confession. It's speaking it out loud or it's raising a hand. Um, and I believe there's real power in our confession and what we say. And so what we're going to do all together now as a community is we're going to pray a prayer together. And I believe it will come up on the screen. We'll pray it through at the same time. And what I want you to do, if you prayed that for the first time, as soon as we've prayed, just pop your hand in the air. I'll try and spot you. If I don't, one of the team will spot you. And we're just going to then pray quickly, God, would you do a divine exchange? Would you take the brokenness of the sin, the things that have entangled us, the things that have helped made us to stumble, and would you replace it with your grace and your truth? And that's all we're doing when we pray this prayer. And so if you're up for it, let's pray it together. Are you ready? Is it on screen? There we go. Dear Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. Thank you for forgiving me. I'm sorry. I'm yours now. I'm free now. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time, would you be bold enough just to show me your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Amazing, amazing decision. Thank you so much. This, guys, this, I can't see everybody's hands, but there's quite a few. If you're in here and you are part, you call, sorry guys, my words are just got, leaving me now. If you call way your home, can we just have a minute, just, just 30 seconds, just to thank God for these decisions? Let's just do it. God, God, we thank you for the people who responded to you for the first time today. Father, I pray, even just for the three or four hands that I've seen, God, you see every heart. You see every motive, every hand. God, would you do a divine exchange within them? God, brokenness, sin, the things that have entangled them for your glorious mercy. Father, we bless you, God. We know that heaven rejoices over one, God, and, and we rejoice. Father, return us to the joy of our salvation, of knowing your freedom. God, we owe it all to you. We worship you, and we're going to pour ourselves out, even now, church, in this moment. We're going to sing, and we're going to pour out our most important, our, our most important offering, and that is to God. Come on, let's sing together.